Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21-plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote as well. Remember, Duralast batteries proven tough, designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup, get in the zone, auto zone. Last night, made the decision to go to the Anaheim Ducks against the Nashville Predators. It was a quiet day in sports, no NBA playoff games, and I've watched every NBA playoff game, and I've watched a lot of the Preds games, and there is no dispute at all that the NHL playoffs are infinitely better than the NBA playoffs. I don't know how many of you watched last night's Ducks-Preds game, but it was better than just about any NBA playoff game that has happened all season long. In fact, I'm pretty confident that it was, and I'm pretty confident that other than maybe game six of Wizards-Celtics, there hasn't even been a game that was close to as good as this. Now, I get it. I never played hockey. I've only had skates on my legs three or four times probably in my life. So it's hard for me to appreciate overall the intricacies of the sport. I don't understand all of the substitution patterns. I don't understand all of the machinations behind what attacking styles you're deploying. I don't even understand all the rules being applied consistently and evenly. But just in terms of sheer, unadulterated entertainment, the NHL playoffs are unbelievable. And I have been making this argument, but I will continue to make this argument. In order for a sporting event to truly be great, you need to go to it not sure what's going to happen. That is, in the NHL playoffs, they have had 26 overtime games already. On any given night, 
truly any team can win and anything can happen at any moment. Last night's game, for those of you who did not watch, the Nashville Predators were down 2 nothing until they scored two goals inside, I think, the final six minutes of the game, including, remarkably, a goal with about 30 seconds to go to put the game into overtime that made that arena as loud as I have ever heard any sporting arena ever before. I mean, it was extraordinary to hear the eruption of pure, unadulterated glee inside that arena when the Preds scored with 30 seconds left. Then you have a long wait. Overtime is coming. Overtime arrives. And every single shot, you can feel your heart inside your throat. And then the way the Ducks won, and credit to the Ducks who won to tie the series up at two apiece, the way they won was so stunning. Everything, you can't hear a sound in that arena. And then suddenly, there's total and complete silence as the Ducks score and the euphoria that had previously threatened to blow the roof off suddenly drains out and there's abject despair throughout the arena. It was as amazing of a sporting experience as I have had in the crowd as a fan. If you want to know what it sounded like, you can go check out my Twitter feed when the Preds scored their goal to tie it at two with 30 seconds left. I can only imagine what that place would have been like if the Preds had scored in overtime to actually win the game. Credit to the Ducks to get back up off the mat after giving up that goal with 30 seconds left to find a way to gut it out and win in overtime. I don't know what's going to happen in this series now, but I am convinced that it's almost impossible to look away, even if you're not a hockey fan. And I'm not a hockey guy, right? I'm not the guy, like I said earlier, who knows all the intricacies of the sport, who really has any clue at all about the subtleties uh, and nuances of what makes one team win and one team lose. But I can tell you that for pure entertainment, man, I've been looking for this compared to the NBA playoffs. I don't know why a reasonable person would watch the NBA playoffs over the NHL playoffs. The only reason to watch is because you know how to play basketball, and I certainly do, and you know all of the details that surround basketball. But right now, if you've been watching the playoffs happen, 26 overtimes in the NHL, the Canadians are getting this one right. It is so much better than it is in the NBA. And the Nashville Predators, if they had won in overtime tonight, would have been big favorites to win the Stanley Cup, and they were effectively the eighth seed. You truly have a any given night, any team can win dynamic about the NHL playoffs that doesn't exist in the NBA at all. It's just extraordinary. And I don't know how many of you out there right now have not had the opportunity to go watch a big-time playoff hockey environment. But I would say it needs to be on your bucket list, even if you aren't a massive sports fan. You know it was an incredible experience when I opened with hockey. Now, it helps that there was nothing else going on, really, in the world of sports last night that certainly compared with this game. And I don't know how many of you were actually watching. I know that hockey is a niche sport. Some of you right now are like, I can't believe Clay Travis starting off his show talking about hockey. I get it. But, man, it was well worth the expense. I ended up paying about $400 a ticket. I had great seats. 
And I took my wife, and both of us were at the end of the game, even after the Preds lost, and we're obviously in Nashville rooting for the local team to win. We both said, man, this this was an unbelievable experience. I'm so glad that we made the decision to come down here and watch this game happen. Jason Martin, you were also there up in the press box watching. Where did the environment compare for you? Is it the best sporting environment you've ever been to? I can't, you know, I was thinking about it afterwards on the drive back, and I can't think of one that was better. I've been at game-winning shots. Maybe the best environment I've ever been to was the 1995 ACC tournament final between North Carolina and Wake Forest. The North Carolina team was Stackhouse and Wallace, and that game went to overtime, and it was an amazing game, and I was there with my father. It was an 82-80 final. That was really good, and that was always the one that I pointed to when people asked me this question. And then I went last night, and I heard 129.6 decibels with 34 seconds left in that game. That's what was reported by NBC Sports Network is how loud it got in that building. I had people texting me, a couple of other friends that happened to be in the building, that said they had been, they were big NASCAR fans. They said they've been to NASCAR races that weren't as loud as Bridgestone Arena was late in that game after the Predators tied it up. There was something about it. There was a buzz there. You know, I grew up, and around the sixth grade when I moved to North Carolina from Virginia one of the first people that I befriended was a hockey player and we happened to have a rink in Winston-Salem at the Lawrence Joel Coliseum and we had the Winston-Salem Thunderbirds at that time so there was a junior Thunderbirds club so I got into hockey and you know I this was kind of why like I used to watch every playoff series I used to watch we we got the Caps games I used to watch most of the Caps games I became a Penguins fan I'm still a Penguins fan to this day but I kind of let it lapse I still watch games here and there but I don't think I ever really sat there and watched 60 minutes except the Stanley Cup finals over the last few years and then comes last night and you get to you know overtime in hockey is just something pretty special but you get there live and you get there with the momentum and everything that was going around, all that sea of yellow, the building basically shaking because it was so loud, even with the way it ended, even with the result, it was just something that you don't experience in anything else. I don't care if it's football, if it's basketball, whatever it is. And certainly the NBA playoffs don't have anything that they can compare to this this year. But this was just outstanding entertainment. It was it was loud. It was quick. Everything that the Predators do, and I'm sure this is true across the league, but just the way they handle it, the way they make sure that they're continually asking for noise, the music, the organ, all of those things, it was just, it was spectacular. It really was. I was so happy that I was there. Even before the tying goal came with 34 seconds left, it was still just an extraordinary three hours of entertainment, fast-paced, and everybody was smiling. I didn't see any issues with any of the people out there, everybody was just there. And then outside, you saw the photos, Clay, of how it looked outside Bridgestone where they had the the setup for the people that couldn't get into the building. I, I might even come do that on Saturday night for the road game just to experience that because that looked absolutely incredible as well. This was this was spectacular. NHL, kudos on that. That was just awesome. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, they do an incredible job in Nashville, right, which is a city that's filled with people like me who have no knowledge of hockey whatsoever, in embracing the city. And the city really has gotten behind this Nashville Predator team. But it's also become kind of a cool event, right? We had Kelly Clarkson come out. We made fun of the 
guy who used to sing the Preds national anthem, but they've done a good job embracing the unique national flavor, uh, uh, Nashville flavor that exists uh, in the city. Last uh, last game five, they had Keith Urban. They've had uh, Luke Bryan, Carrie Underwood, Little Big Town, uh, Vince Gill, all these different bands. Lady Annabellum have come out and sang the national anthem. Last night was Kelly Clarkson. The number of people locally uh, who were there that would be noticeable to sports fans, I mean, the, the Preds and the Titans have overlapped completely. People have forgotten that Mike Munchak's the head coach of the Titans, but he was there. Former head coach of the Titans, former fired L.A. Rams head coach Jeff Fisher was there. Kirk Herbstreet, uh, who has moved to Nashville, ESPN's lead college football analyst, uh, was there. Uh, a bunch of other famous uh, country music singers they put on during the, uh, during the game. It's, it's not the Lakers, but for hockey – it kind of has the vibe of a uh, of a of a just a cool event that you're fortunate to be a part of when they start fl- uh, picture you know throwing all the pictures of the people who were there up on the jumbotron. Going to open up the phone lines if other people were there. If you're a Ducks fan and you were watching this game again, there was only one major sporting event going on last night, and uh, and Jason Martin and myself were both fortunate to be there. If you want to react, if you were in that crowd, if you're a Ducks fan and you were back home in Anaheim watching, uh, lots to to get into potentially with that game. We'll also circle back around and talk about the decision on the All-NBA team, what that could mean for the futures of Paul George and Gordon Hayward going forward. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to my guy Todd Furman, try to make you some money in gambling to get you ready for the NHL and the NBA playoffs as we move into the weekend. And uh, and that and more will be right here with us on Outkick the Coverage. Give me a buzz, 877-996-6369. This is Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Late night, last night here for the Outkick crew, Jason Martin and myself both in the Preds arena for the best event in sports last night, which was the Ducks against the Preds went to overtime. Ducks win 3-2. The only other major news that came out yesterday is that Paul George and Gordon Hayward did not make the All-NBA teams, which makes Gordon Hayward a free agent this summer, correct? I believe I'm correct in that. And also... Paul George will be an unrestricted free agent, assuming he doesn't sign an extension, which now he probably will not, at the end of next season. So the expectation is potentially the Pacers are going to try to move them. Um, It's kind of a strange system. I think people are just now getting used to it. But had these guys made one of the three all-NBA teams, it would have changed how much money they were able to be offered by their team. This was a new rule that was put in in the wake of Kevin Durant leaving the Oklahoma City Thunder, which means that if you're on the All-NBA team, you cannot be offered more money by the existing team that you play on than anybody else can offer, and it's a lot more money, with the idea being that that guys are going to be much less likely to leave. This is a strange rule just to allow the NBA media to have this much power over how much money somebody can make but it also means that if you are a Utah Jazz fan or you are a fan, certainly, of the Indiana Pacers, that you have to be very nervous about losing either one of your guys. Um, this, it's just a really strange rule to me that you would allow the NBA 
media to have this kind of power over the decisions that are made. Now, especially you may assume, like, okay, the media is decent at their job. They're not going to vote guys outside of the realm of possibility to be first, second, or third team All-NBA. But, you know, it just seems like a a lot of risk to put into the hands of media. Maybe it's never going to be an issue. But the difference between being 15 or 16 could be for somebody like Paul George, $75 million. That's a big matzo ball hanging out there. Bring in the crew. Again, I already brought in Jason Martin, Danny G, and Justin. Were you guys watching last night the Preds-Ducks game in L.A.? Yeah, I had it on for a while. I also watched the Dodgers game. Puig hit an absolute bomb at Dodger Stadium. you got to look at uh, MLB.com later, Clay, when you get a chance to see that homer. And uh, I did notice that that arena was just nuts. It, it, I, I'm, you know, I'm like you. I'm a casual, uh, I won't even say hockey fan because I still don't understand all the rules of the game. I didn't grow up with the game. I, I never grew up skating. I, I've only been in snow a couple of times in my entire life. So you can imagine when I'm watching hockey, I'm still trying to figure it out. But the atmosphere of that game looked absolutely nuts. It was. And again, I I don't know that the NHL is ever going to be able to cross over and kind of reach a larger universe that isn't paying attention to the games now. But and I think part of that is it's it's still let's be honest, even in HD, a little bit hard to follow the puck, right? I mean, it's it's a more challenging television experience than say golf is, although you can follow the golf ball, you know, than certainly baseball, football. NASCAR, any of the other sports I think that are on television that are easier to follow. HD made more of a difference for how much fun those sports are than it did for hockey. But in terms of the experience there in the arena, there's nothing like it. And I I think that's to a large extent. One of you just already emailed me a link that had to do with the parity. And this is not a surprise, but the NHL has more parity than any other American sport. And so the result is that on any given day, we like to say any given Sunday, anything can happen. Well, the NHL has a lot more parity than the NFL. And so if you make it into the playoffs, the Preds, remember, are basically the eighth seed in the Western Conference. And if they had won last night, they had a couple of decent shots in overtime to kind of put that game away and put that series away. Now we'll see what happens. It's a best of three-game series. It may go six. It may go seven. We'll see exactly what happens. But the Preds have made a run where they were close enough last night that if they had won that game, they would have been the prohibitive favorite to win the Stanley Cup because they would have been favored more so than Ottawa or the Penguins are to get to the next round of the playoffs. We'll see what happens in that game four of Ottawa and the Penguins. Uh, but to me, it is just wild that that's the environment. If you haven't had an opportunity to go, again, late, late night here, but it was worth it just to experience everything there. Uh, Jason, I'll bring you in to talk about this, uh, the the only other really major news that's out there, which is the all-NBA decisions. It's kind of weird, right, that the media has this kind of power, that they could be their decision on the first 15 players in the NBA could be worth $75 million to Paul George. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a little bit different, and we've spent a lot of time on this show, and you've mentioned this several times about the open market and paying somebody what they're worth or what the market will bear, as in LeBron James maybe being worth a billion dollars or whatever it might be to some franchise. And you look at this, and it's it's nice that 
the home team, the team, maybe a smaller market team, can offer more money than anybody else can. And if you've got the media making this decision, you expect that they're not going to make boneheaded decisions. It's not like the fans making these calls. These are going to be regarded as the top 15 players in the league, although it's done by position. So there are a couple of guys that were external with that, like you said, with Hayward and George, that both those guys could have really cashed in and stayed home. It would have helped out their team. I don't know. I I was trying to decide how I felt about him being left off. I don't think either one of them necessarily should have been left off. It is strange, but it is designed to try and keep people from leaving to take a little bit, you know, or to be able to get anywhere near as much money anywhere but but at home, so that the Thunder can keep Durant, so that the Pacers could, in theory, I guess, have tried to keep Paul George or the Jazz keeping Gordon Hayward or some of these guys, so that you can build a Brett Favre in Green Bay before he feels like he has to leave to go to New York or, or whatever that might be. It's definitely strange. It's called the designated player extension, and it is pretty much a reaction to Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City and them trying to make sure that some of these smaller markets actually have a reason to exist and can continue to compete. Although the problem for the NBA is, at least over the last, you know, this season particularly, there's only a couple of teams that anybody talks about being able to win the championship anyway. So I don't know how much it's actually working. I guess we'll see down the line. But it is crazy that Paul George loses $75 million because he was left off of some ballots as opposed to being able to show what he did on the court and seeing what somebody was willing to pay him. I almost think, you know how in the NCAA tournament, they will release the next four up and they'll release all the teams that didn't quite make the NCAA tournament in the order that they didn't quite make the NCAA tournament? I I would love to see where Paul George and Gordon Hayward would have ranked overall in the ballots because I think there's a decent chance that Paul George was right around 16 and that that – gap between 15 and 16 literally cost him 75 million dollars now he may be so ready to get out of indiana that he doesn't even consider that loss of 75 million dollars in terms of his uh, the equation of his thinking and uh, and maybe that's true but uh, but certainly if you're the pacers at this point you got to be thinking about dealing him and maybe maybe that decision implicates in some way the lakers overall number two draft pick because there's been a lot of talk that paul george wants to go to the lakers if that's true do you try to figure out a you know sort of a overall package that involves D'Angelo Russell? Maybe if you are unwilling to draft Lavar Ball, uh, sorry Lonzo Ball because of Lavar Ball, maybe this gives the Lakers an out because they can pursue Paul George and say, look, we loved Lonzo, but we just thought that Paul George was a talent we couldn't pass on. You give up something with that number two pick, and in the process, end up getting. Paul George. I'm not sure exactly. We're going to talk right now to my guy, Todd Furman. He's out in Vegas. He's up early with us. We're going to talk to him about the NBA playoff series going forward as well as the NHL playoff series going forward. Hope your Friday is going spectacularly well. Thanks for getting up with us. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Joined now by our guy out in Las Vegas. His name is Todd Furman. He's going to hopefully make us some money. But in the meantime, with TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And Todd, my God, 
The Eastern and Western Conference Finals in the NBA have been a total joke. So far, the Cavs and the Warriors are combined 19-0. and What is the situation here? Does Vegas feel as much like the rest of us do that the NBA playoffs have been a total joke and we might as well get to the NBA Finals? What can you tell me about Cavs-Celtics and also Warriors-Spurs? It's pretty much time to wave the white flag on every other team in the NBA. We knew we were on a crash course to see Cleveland coming out of the East and Golden State coming out of the West. What felt like a glorified dress rehearsal through the early rounds of the playoffs. Hopefully we're going to get that dream matchup coming to fruition, barring some unforeseen collapse from either of these two teams. Clay, to put in perspective, if you think San Antonio has a chance to come back tomorrow against Golden State, not only just to win one game, but to win that series, that'll get you about 30-1. to The Spurs all season long never were higher than about 10 or 12 to 1 to win the NBA championship. So it paints the picture there. Of course, Kawhi Leonard's stat is still very much up in the air, but I would be shocked if he doesn't play. When we look at the game later tonight between Cleveland and Boston, I spoke to sportsbook directors both in the islands and in Las Vegas. They said game one was the single worst decision that they've suffered of the NBA season. 88% of the tickets came in on Cleveland. That number hovered anywhere from 3.5 on the low end upwards of 4.5. And the Cavs were outside that number about six minutes into the game. The only drama that remained in game one was would the game go over the total and happen to do so with about 25 seconds remaining with a 221 and a closing number of 219.5. I bet the side of the of the Celtics because I thought the Celtics in game one, having played a lot of big games that matter, you know, they had won whatever eight and they've lost, I guess, in the process of the playoffs five. I think I'm correct in that. So they played 13 to the Cavs, eight games. I thought also that given how that situation had played itself out, that they might be really even more, even though they'd be tired, they'd be more in game shape because they've been playing consistently. I was totally wrong, and 88% of people were on the other side. So I thought maybe the play here is the Celtics. I really thought the Celtics would give the Cavs a game. I have zero faith that this is going to be a series at all. Is that too much overreaction to game one, or is Vegas also agree? Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was right there with you, having taken the four-and-a-half with Boston and realized that was a ticket going right in the circular file. You mentioned the Celtics. Probably you expected them to be fresher or at least much more dynamic offensively. They couldn't get a shot to fall early. And for a team that had taken nine days off, the Cavaliers showed no rust. I don't think it's an overreaction when you look at the number for game two. Cleveland opened a four-and-a-half point favorite. That number has ballooned out to five-and-a-half in some spots. I think it's only going to climb higher be very difficult to attract Celtics money. Yes, they may cover. If they win this game, I would be absolutely shocked and really feel the Cavaliers are poised for their third straight sweep, setting up a nice little respite for them before they take on San Antonio. The interesting part, Clay, is if we see Cleveland win this series in four or five games, we see San Antonio go down in four or five games to the hands of the Golden State Warriors, you're going to have two teams coming into the NBA Finals with well over a week of rest, and I'm not sure that's what Adam Silver and everybody has set up wanting to try and maximize some of the revenue gains by uh, all these teams playing six- to seven-game series. We're talking to Todd Furman. How do you set these lines high enough? All right, you said 88% of the money was on the Cavs. A lot of people still have this misguided perception that lines are stock market, right? That it's an efficient market, meaning that it moves entirely based on what the demand is, and it's always going to be close to 50-50. I get people texting me, not texting me, but tweeting me about that sort of thing all the time. How high would you have to put this line to get it 50-50 in terms of money? I think we'd be talking about moving this number upwards of 8.5-9 before you'd really start to see a much more balanced book. And the idea that it's a perfect supply and demand market when we talk about sports, whether it's the NBA playoffs with higher volume 
the NFL playoffs, college football, what have you. That's kind of a pipe dream. In an ideal bookmaker scenario, sure, you'd love to get 50% of the tickets on Team A, 50% of the tickets on Team B, have a billion dollars wagered, be able to collect your 10% juice, and have no skin in the game or risk. But the reality of it is that doesn't often occur. And when it does, books are forced to try and move the number accordingly. Oftentimes, professionals come in on a very different side from the public, and they're more than happy to have the liability. The NBA playoffs notwithstanding, because the Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors, especially in the road game, have been a thorn in bookmaker's side, and it's been the public getting the best of them, while professionals have shied away from backing the home underdog. They just want no part of some of those matchups. What would we see in a Cavs-Warriors series from a gambling perspective? How much of a favorite would the Warriors be? What kind of opening line do you think we'd see in Game 1 and 2 out at Golden State? It's been very interesting because we've seen these numbers get inflated, but those two teams have looked every bit the juggernaut. So if the finals were to start right now, uh, I'd make Golden State about a $3.30 favorite, meaning you'd have to put up $3.30 to make a dollar coming back. That's subject to change, plus or minus 15 cents here or there. And you'd be looking at the Warriors about a 7 to a 7.5 point home favorite. I don't want to write Cleveland off prematurely. I think when we look at LeBron James, he's really taking this team on his back. And you're seeing the Cavaliers commit to the defensive end, which is really their shortcomings late in the regular season. Uh, But on the flip side, it's a legacy-type scenario for Kevin Durant. Can he be the defender he needs to be to at least slow down LeBron? And much like people have talked about, we'd love to see a best of 11-type series between these two teams. Uh, But I really believe this one would go the distance, and you'd be talking about teams hard-pressed to win on one another's home court. Talking to Todd Furman, uh, the NHL finals have been a lot, the NHL playoffs have been a lot more interesting as we move into the Eastern and Western Conference finals. Do you believe that Ottawa is a legitimate threat to pull off the upset over the Penguins, or do you expect the Penguins to turn this around? I mean, Ottawa comes out in game three, puts four pucks by Mark Andre Fleury. The Penguins go back to Matt Murray. It'll be interesting to see which goalie they elect to use in a pivotal game four. There's nothing fluke like about what Ottawa's done. They've leaned on Craig Anderson, who's been outstanding in the net. And Guy Boucher's team employs a little bit of a unique defensive style that's really hampered the Penguins. This high-powered offense led by Crosby and Malkin have not scored more than two goals in a game going all the way back to game four uh, of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Capitals. So they've looked stuck in mud. Injuries really starting to mount up. But at the same time, we've seen the Penguins with their backs against the wall in the past. I think the goaltending change may spark them and would really be surprised if Ottawa puts a stranglehold on the series going back to Pittsburgh up three games to one. So have a strong lean towards the Pens, evening things out, but would not be shocked whatsoever if Ottawa was able to get over the hump and represent the Eastern Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you feel really strong about anybody winning the Stanley Cup right now? Would you make the Preds the favorite? I know there's still a lot of games to be played. The series is not over, all those things. But how would you break down the odds right now for who should be favored to win the Stanley Cup in your mind? You are a hockey guy. I think, yeah, I think Nashville's been the most consistent. When you look at the way they've played and relying on the home ice advantage that they've been able to uh, generate at Bridgestone. I mean, this team isn't a fluke. I know they got in as the eighth seed as the second wild card, but we've seen in the past the Kings got hot the right time when they won a Stanley Cup. And when you get timely goal scoring, Nashville's shown the ability to come back in games. Ottawa has kind of been a front runner. I know they had a battle back late a couple times against the Rangers, but I don't think any of these teams should be considered a clear cut favorite from a hockey standpoint and watchability. I think all four of these teams have acquitted themselves quite nicely and to make for an intriguing Stanley Cup semifinals. But if I'm a network executive, Clay, the only team I'm rooting for to get there is Pittsburgh because no knock on Preds fans and the environment they've been able to create. 
I don't think Ottawa against Nashville is going to be the ratings buster NBC Sports Network would be looking for in the Stanley Cup Finals. Is that the worst possible matchup in the Stanley Cup Finals from a just generating interest perspective in America, the Preds against the Ottawa Senators? I think any of these matchups, none of them are going to be all that intriguing unless they include the Pittsburgh Penguins. When we've looked at hockey numbers in the past, and you spend a lot more time analyzing media ratings, unless they're major markets, the diehard hockey fan is going to watch regardless of who's there. Uh, but that fringe hockey fan, they want the Blackhawks in there. They want the Kings. They want the Rangers, the Maple Leafs, what have you. The, these four teams, aside from the defending Stanley Cup champions in the form of the Penguins, not exactly a rich hockey tradition of getting recreational viewers to kind of tune in, despite the way Anaheim has consistently competed in the Pacific. Nashville, we know how documented it's been since that they were able to get to a conference final. And Ottawa never having played for a Stanley Cup. Fascinating from a storyline standpoint, not so fascinating from a household name perspective. We're talking to Todd Furman. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. He is in Vegas waking up with us early this morning to put into perspective the NBA and the NHL. The other offshore gambling uh, sort of uh, bid that's out there that's getting a lot of interest is whether Donald Trump is going to actually finish his term. And it's becoming basically like even money on whether or not he's going to finish. How much interest do you see in people wanting to talk and bet on this? It's getting to be massive. I mean, the folks at Bet Online have told me there is an increased appetite for political odds, everything Donald Trump related. They're not able to keep up with some of the demand and create some of these unique prop markets. One of the books you referenced, Patty Power, definitely has that number trending towards even. And even, and if you don't want to get involved in any of the Trump stuff, Clay, you can take it one step further. You can now bet on the next director of the FBI at Bet Online with Ray Kelly and Mike Rogers as nine to two favorites. I mean, it's incredible in terms of the creativity that oddsmakers are using to try and get folks to put their money up, whether it's the FBI, whether it's politics, or looking ahead to the 2020 election, where Donald Trump still remains the favorite in a shade less than 3-1, to one, followed by Mike Pence at 6-1 to one and Elizabeth Warren at 8-1. to one. But if you really want to go off the beaten path, I mean, why not fire on uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson at 80-1 to one or Mark Zuckerberg at 33 to take over our presidency in 2020? Talking to Todd Furman, last question for you. When do you think sports gambling will be legal in this country? If I told you over under five years, which way would you take? It depends what definition of legalization we're talking about. If, if you want to assume that we're going to have Vegas-style sports books and a lot of arenas, people are going to be able to walk in, place their 5 or $10 bets, what have you, similar to the way they can in other Western countries like Australia or throughout the U.K., I think it's going to take longer than five years. If we're talking about state-run lottery systems, I think that'll happen a little bit sooner. Um, but I'm going to set. I think five years is probably the perfect number. We need to see a repeal of pass by the protection of amateur sports, et cetera, and the leagues have to get on board. I think the biggest domino that will fall, Clay, will be when the Raiders start playing in Las Vegas. It's going to force the NFL to alter their stance a little bit, and momentum will really pick up. Uh, so I would take under five because I want to be optimistic, but I think five, a pretty fair template to try and set as far as an over-under. Outstanding stuff as always. Todd Furman, appreciates you coming on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games this weekend, my friend. Will do indeed. That's Todd Furman. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Well, it's time for the Geico play of the day. And, of course, the best sporting event by far going on last night was the Anaheim Ducks on the road at the Nashville Predators. I was there. Jason Martin was there. Awful lot. About 17,000 additional people got to watch that incredible environment in person. Millions watching on television. 
And unfortunately, if you were a Predator fan, game went to overtime after a miraculous goal with 30 seconds left. And it was a raucous, wild, unadulterated, insane atmosphere inside of Bridgestone Arena. And then Anaheim found a way to overcome that third period collapse. Intercepting is Perry. Try to push it in front. They score! The Ducks score! Nate Thompson redirects the feed from the wall from Perry. And the Ducks win game four of the Western Conference. Final series, three to two. That call courtesy of the Ducks radio network. 3-2 win for the Ducks. Series now tied at two games apiece. Game five tomorrow night in Anaheim at the Honda Center. Puck drops at 7.15 Eastern. That's your Geico play of the day. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago. Again, if you're just waking up across uh, the country, as many of you are, thanks for starting your Friday with us. Weekend almost here. Power through one more day. That's a pretty wild turnaround, right, for the Ducks and the Preds to finish that game. I don't know. What time do you think they got onto planes? I'm assuming they flew back to L.A. area to Anaheim last night to get ready for this game tomorrow. I don't think they would have spent the night. But, man, those guys have got to be just totally drained because a physical game like that, one that you had so many different swings of emotion in, you went from the Ducks thinking they were going to walk out of Nashville with a relatively easy lead, uh, 2-0 with around six minutes to go. Preds put in two goals in the final six minutes, including one with 30 seconds left. You have to go back in and regroup, and then you come back in the overtime and in, a, in one of the wildest environments in sports that will be in existence this year. That's how loud it was. That's how fervent the uh, faithful for the Preds were. You silence everybody with a goal. And the difference, by the way, for the Ducks and the Preds was beyond massive because if the Preds win that game in overtime and go up 3-1 in the series – Yes, the Ducks can win three straight to come back, but the Preds would have been a prohibitive favorite to win one of those three games. And now I would say it's almost exactly even 2-2 in terms of the Vegas odds makers and in, in who would be favored. It's a best of two, uh, two out of three. And we will see again Saturday night in Anaheim what is likely to transpire. Uh, we, we get to make fun of the guy who did the national anthem. National anthem loser who's been complaining. They had Kelly Clarkson last night. I know there's a new uh, new diss track out from Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj that's making fun of uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has not been seen really since the uh, the uh, performance at the Super Bowl that she put on for DirecTV. Would be pretty cool if she were able to come out and do the national anthem in the in the Nashville arena. Same thing with Justin Timberlake, who now lives in Nashville. We'll see whether they have any heavy guns, but they were close to punching their ticket to the Stanley Cup. Couldn't quite manage to do so. Uh, Jason Martin was there as well. Jason, like in general, is it? Do you think it's? I mean, I mean, there's three games left. Who's favored? Any idea? Uh, I mean, Game Five is going to determine it, right? And it, Anaheim does have that at home. Anaheim's home ice advantage is nothing compared to what Nashville has been this postseason. I still think that the Predators have the momentum, but that one was a real killer last night to get Anaheim back in the series, and they you know, they kind of have it in their court right now. They can make this 3-2 and come back with a chance to close it out. 
So it really all comes down to tomorrow. But it's been such an even series, if you look at it statistically, when we had John Morosi on yesterday. He said exactly the same thing. It's been a very, very even series. So it's kind of hard to say one team necessarily has the advantage. It's a best of three right now between two teams that are physical, that flat out don't like each other. And uh, that should make for some great hockey over the next few days. Should I hate myself for listening to the Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj song just now during uh, during our commercial break? It's trending on Twitter. That's where I saw it. It's fine. It's what you do. <laughs> it's what you trade in. Danny G, you, you, I was talking to you already. You've already listened to it, too, so you can't make fun of me. Yeah, it's called Swish Swish, and there, <laughs> yeah. there's some... Uh, yeah, there's some non-radio friendly words in it, so I'm, I'll see if I can clean those up and we'll air it for you, Clay. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, so Katy Perry going after Taylor Swift is not making my day. So that loser, that loser <laughs> liked a tweet last night. Somebody tweeted me after asking me who sung the anthem, and I said it was Clarkson, and they're like, well, it's no Dennis Morgan. That's the, the loser, the guy that we've been talking about this week. And then that guy, Dennis Morgan, actually liked the tweet. That you re- that he's he's searching out his name. I am Clay Travis. Clarkson. Hour two coming up. We're going to have Jason McIntyre from the Big Lead on. This is Alki the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Hour two of the show. Hope your Friday is going well. Duralast batteries proven tough, designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions. With patented technology to deliver the most power during startup, get in the zone, AutoZone. Always in the zone here. Appreciate you spending your Friday with us. Late night last night in the arena for the Ducks Preds, one of the most fantastic sporting arena environments that I have ever found myself in in my life. And I've been fortunate to go to a lot of different events, from Super Bowls all the way down to... God, I don't know. I mean, like small town high school basketball. And that was as good of an environment as I've ever seen. One environment that I'm looking forward to checking off my bucket list, I'm going to go to Wimbledon this summer going over to London. And uh, and I'm curious to see what a big time tennis environment's like at a Wimbledon type situation. Uh, but Preds hockey, NHL hockey, playoff hockey in general is an exhilaration that if you have not experienced, you should definitely experience. Big news that's out there, not a ton. Obviously, the NBA with a night off. Coming back tonight, we've got the Cavs trying to make history by continuing their uh, elite winning streak. They've now won, what's the math on this, 12 straight playoff games. Ty Lue, coaching wizard, can't be stopped. Greatest coach in the history of the NBA. LeBron James would honestly get credit for all these wins as a player coach, but Ty Lue... And the Cleveland Cavaliers have now won 12 straight games. And the Celtics are on the ropes and close to being eliminated. We'll see whether or not they have any fight left in them at all. Whether they can end this winning streak that the Celtics uh, so far were unable to touch in week one, uh, in game one. That was totally not a contest. News in terms of the All-NBA team, which is crazy. And again, the players have agreed to this. So it's not as if this was just implemented by the owners or just implemented by GMs or anything like that. But there's a lot more money to be made if you are a first, second, or third team All-NBA player. And it also impacts then, as a result, where you might see yourself going. Well, two players that were kind of on the fringe there, being top 15 players in the NBA, Paul George, Gordon Hayward, neither one becomes an All-NBA player 
that decision, which keeps Paul George out of the top 15, maybe he's 16, maybe he's 17 overall in the NBA. The whole vote totals were not released. But it makes it even more likely that after next season, he would be an unrestricted free agent. And he would be able to leave because the Pacers now are not able to offer him $75 million more than everybody else. So if you are a Laker fan, if you are sitting around out there rooting for the Lakers to be great again, then this was a move in conjunction with winning the number two pick in the lottery that has been a good week for the Lakers in terms of their ability to go out and make their team a lot better. If you are a Jazz or a Pacers fan, this is not good for your team. Obviously, Gordon Hayward's going to have a lot of suitors, and uh, Paul George is going to have a great deal of decisions to make as well about his long-range future. Both those guys, again, George still has a year left with the Pacers, but do they want to allow him to leave and get no compensation whatsoever? Or is it possible they're going to pair a package together to try to get him to L.A. or somewhere else? The fallout from LeVar Ball, speaking of the Lakers' overall number 2 pick, continues to be felt. Yesterday on The Herd, Christine Leahy continued to uh, react to what happened on the air yesterday with LeVar Ball, and she had this to say. For me, truthfully, I don't really want to talk about him anymore. I don't want to continue to let him be a part of my life as he has the last 24 hours. Right. Uh, but I think the reason that so many networks choose to have him on is because he says a lot of controversial things. He's, you know, loud and a big personality, which I've been totally fine with. Um, but I hope that yesterday showed who he is and that we stop putting him on all of these networks just to get controversial statements out of him because that is potentially what could happen. And I think there's no place for that in TV, no matter what kind of ratings you're going to get. And at this point, what I think about is I would love for Lonzo Ball to have whatever he can. I, I, I think about him in this situation. I want him to do well. I hope that we stop letting his father talk so much and maybe allow Lonzo to talk. I, I would love to hear more from him. I would hope that he's successful, and I think what LeVar is doing, I don't think yesterday is going to help his son at all. And I think that's really unfortunate for his son. I don't think there's anything uh, untrue that Christine Leahy said there, but I do think it's interesting. So I went to dinner last night with my wife, and LeVar Ball came up during our dinner, and she knew that there was some form of controversy that had arisen because of him because she had the herd on yesterday when it was lunchtime, and she saw them talking about it. And then she said to me, like, why is LeVar Ball famous? She said, why has he turned into this character, this figure that everybody's paying attention to? She said, can you justify it, basically? And I thought it was an interesting question because a lot of times you end up in the middle of a story. And when you go back and retrace it, you say, man, you know, does it really make sense that LeVar Ball is a national figure now? And I was trying to think of the first time that LeVar Ball kind of stepped onto the stage. And I think for most people, LeVar Ball became famous in the run-up to the game against Kentucky, right? Is that fair to say that that's the first time that the vast majority of people – now, I'm not saying that people out in L.A. might not have known him, or if you were a UCLA fan, you might not have read some of his quotes. But the first time that I can remember LeVar Ball really kind of stepping onto the stage was in the run-up to – the game against Kentucky in particular, and maybe prior to that with the NCAA tournament. I don't remember him making news in February. I certainly don't remember him making news in January or December. I had not known LeVar Ball at all 
until I don't think March. Is that would that square with you guys as well around the horn? Jason Martin, had you heard of LeVar Ball prior to March? Yeah, it was right around there. It might have been a little bit before the NCAA tournament. I remember last year he went on a an, another show with some people that, that I know that host that show, and they told me this guy's going to be something else. And it turns out like six to nine months later after he came on, he turns into a star. But I would suggest that most people didn't have any clue until I would say at least mid-February, somewhere in that neighborhood. Is there anybody else that you guys can think of putting you on the spot because I, I really can't because that, that was the question my wife asked my wife said other than and again I think LeVar Ball the easiest analogy to draw for LeVar Ball is he's Chris Jenner right and when I listened to Christine Leahy talk there she could just as easily be talking about the Kardashians right why do we give them attention why do we put them on what have they done to justify all of this attention to me LeVar Ball is Chris Jenner right the difference is Lonzo Ball actually has some form of discernible talent. I'm not sure, other than making the sex tape and being incredibly good-looking, what discernible talent any of the initial three Kardashian sisters have, Courtney, Chloe, and Kim. I'm not sure what you point to and you say, man, they're so good at that. Lonzo Ball is one of the greatest basketball players of his generation right now in the world. Right, He's going to be the number two overall pick. So he has substantial talent that is rare. The difference between that and the Kardashians, I, I think that he has a lot of Chris Jenner in him. He is a stage dad, just like she is a stage mom, trying to pull all the levers and make as much money as possible. I don't agree with Christine that you cannot put him on the air at this point. I do think it's a fascinating question to you know go back and re- retrace it and say, why do we care about what LeVar Ball's opinions are? I understand that argument of he should never be on the show again. I hope we ban him on the network. I think that's too much. I personally, I think that's too much. I think you don't – I'm not a guy who says, oh, the best way to combat speech that makes you uncomfortable is to end it, right? Like, I thought that the conversation that Christine and LeVar Ball had was a good one because it got a lot of people talking about what kind of context was that conversation in. Was it appropriate? Was it inappropriate? I mean, everybody who listened to that had an immediate reaction. I don't necessarily agree that the reaction should be – oh, let's not allow LeVar Ball to come on anymore. But I definitely think that he's gone from affable, cartoonish buffoon, the kind of guy who's out there arguing that he can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, which is funny and laughable, and he seems like a fairly good dude, even notwithstanding the controversy he created over saying you can't win a national championship by starting three white dudes. I mean, all the stuff that we've talked about, the $495 sneakers, he's a hell of a character one that would be great to design in fictional television. And if he was on fictional television, everybody would love him, right? That's one of the great things about really well-done television. Even when these characters have incredible warts, it's their humanity that makes them more likable. That doesn't necessarily happen in real life. Everybody wants everybody in real life to be perfect. In television, we love Tony Soprano. We love a lot of the heroes and the villains from Game of Thrones. All of these people out there, that are otherwise uh, irredeemable on television, the Walter Whites of the world become incredibly likable in real life. Uh, Sorry, outside of real life. If that happened in real life, you'd be like, this person is awful. We're going to talk about this with Jason McIntyre. He's on the big lead. He's there out on the Fox studio lot, and he was there on the day that LeVar Ball went on the herd and kind of blew up everything on this past Wednesday. We'll see what he thinks, what his interactions with LeVar Ball have been like, 
and what he thinks about the NBA as we go forward. I am Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We bring in now Jason McIntyre. He is the editor of the biglead.com. He also is on Speak for Yourself with Jason Whitlock and Colin Cowherd. And on the weekend, he hosts a show here on Fox Sports Radio every single Saturday, I believe, from 10 to 1 Eastern. Jason, uh, thanks for getting up early with us, man. Yeah, no problem, Clay. Glad to be here. So there's no NBA game on last night. Interesting scheduling decision as they try to figure out how this process is going to play itself out. The Warriors are up 2-0 on the Spurs, and the, uh, the Cavs are up with a dominating performance over the Celtics. If This is crazy, but do you have any faith at all that either the Eastern or the Western Conference or the NBA playoffs is going to be worth watching? <laughs> Not at all, man. But I will say this. Here's the most interesting point. Everybody's pointing out that, oh, uh, Michael Jordan had to actually go through tough teams and, and, and get to the finals, and LeBron is just going through these bums that have no competition. And, and, and Clay, you know where we're headed, to the dog days of uh, eight days, maybe nine, did you say, uh, conference finals and the NBA finals? Well, all we're going to talk about is Michael Jordan versus LeBron James basically for eight or nine days, right? And I would counter this. Listen, LeBron's Cavs and these Warriors are historic teams. Michael Jordan never beat anyone of this caliber. Look what the Warriors are doing to teams. Their point differential in the playoff is something like 16. That's an NBA record. They're killing teams. I mean, it is really boring. I will say, like, by halftime, I'm checked out. I'm hanging out with my kids. Uh, out here on the West Coast, I'm like asking my wife, "You need me run to the store?" And you know, you got to put in the get, get in time where you can, and it's uh, it's pretty ugly. Uh, it's definitely not fun, that's for sure. You said potentially nine days, and, and I tweeted this out uh, on uh, Wednesday night as I was sitting around watching these games, and I, I thought the Celtics would show up in Game One and at least be competitive. It wouldn't have astounded me if they beat the Cavs, just because the Cavs yeah. coming off that long wait. The Celtics sometimes you see a team that has been in a hard fought series. They're just firing on all cylinders. There's a little bit of a uh, lag for it. Well, it takes a little bit of a while for a team like the Cavs to catch fire. And then the Cavs came out and they were perfect. They looked like they hadn't taken a single day off. And this series, I'm convinced, is already over. And now you potentially have a nine game. We just said you just said this eight or nine, depending on what happens. If it goes five games in the in the Spurs Warriors, might be nine game nine day, or, or eight day layoff. As many as nine. Let's say that the Cavs lose a game, could be a week. I mean, the NBA. I think is in a really difficult proposition here because I don't see any reason. You can tell me why I'm wrong. I don't see any reason why this is not going to be the same kind of story for the next couple of years as long as the Warriors can keep their core together. I think LeBron has got at least a couple of good years left beyond a shadow of a doubt, which means we're basically going to see this same situation play itself out every year. Yeah, that's the scary, that's the scary thought for sure. Now, I will say this, Clay. Right, LeBron's 32. He's played more playoff minutes than Magic, Michael, Larry Bird. I mean, he is getting up there. So what he's doing is incredible, right? But what if Boston was able to add a Paul George? What if they were able to add a Gordon Hayward or Jimmy Butler? One of those three. If they can add one of them this year, do you, uh, don't you think that kind of pushes uh, LeBron? Again, he's going to be 33 next year. The mileage at some point has to add up. You know, he, we talk about Tom Brady, the Iron Man, right? He had, what, one injury in his entire career? 
the one where he missed the season. He only played in 16 games every other season. But, of course, there's suspension for four games. He, he is an Ironman. Well, LeBron is the same thing. And if these guys don't go away at some point and just retire and move on, you know, we're going to continue to see dominance. Like, listen, the Patriots just steamroll people in the regular season, right? And LeBron doesn't even bother play in the regular season. I don't know why you would if you're LeBron, simply because you could just grab home court advantage back in game one like they did last night. Why do, why do I need to try in February and March when I can just win game one on the road and we got home court advantage back? I mean, LeBron is, is a beast. Listen, Michael Jordan never did this stuff. And I know I've now mentioned Michael Jordan twice, <laughs> you know, in an interview about LeBron because that's how bad these playoffs are. That's what we're going to talk about. Is, is LeBron as good as Jordan? Is Steph Curry the second-best point guard in NBA history? We're, we're going to have to stretch topics. Clay, you've got a three-hour show to do, man. For eight days with no games. I'm sorry, baseball doesn't count. No, I mean, here's the deal. I'm going to talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan. I'm going to turn it into uh, Skip Bayless and Nick Wright. I'm going to do the same story every day over and over and over again. Here is uh, Here is my question for you in general. Like, as you, as you look at the NBA, my argument has been that really what we've got in the NBA is a structural issue. And I want to get your thoughts on this because you spend a lot of time thinking about things like this as well. To me, the way that a team like the Warriors comes to exist is because we have an artificial market cap under the NBA salary cap, right? And it's not an artificial market cap in terms of very mediocre players can make a lot of money. Where it's an artificial market cap is effectively LeBron James is being paid probably what? 30% of his overall market value? Oh, 20% he, he of his market value? What would he be worth if he could go on the market right now as a free agent? What would somebody pay LeBron James next year to play basketball in the NBA? How, how deep there are Paul Allen's pockets, right? I mean, he's one of the richest owners out there. I mean, honestly, if, if you just started a bidding and you said, oh, I'll, I'll, give a, I'll give LeBron $80 million next year, right? He's worth $80 million, is he not? I said he's I'm worth 100 100 million. I don't think there's any doubt. It might be higher than 100 million if you got rich guys bidding. But to me, that's where I think you could change the structure of the NBA and actually make every team feel like they have a chance. We're taking a, talking to Jason McIntyre of the Big Lead and Speak for Yourself, and also he hosts a show on this uh, on this network this every weekend on Fox Sports Radio. What I say is that the reason why the NBA is so top heavy is because. If Kevin Durant had gone out to the open market and somebody had been willing to pay him $80 million a year, which I think might well have happened, there's no way he's taking 17 to go play with the Golden State Warriors, right? He's just not going to do that. Nobody's going to. He could, but the likelihood of that happening is low. If you gave all 30 NBA teams one guy, one guy that didn't have to be fit within the salary cap, and then everybody else was under the salary cap, I think you would end up with the 30 best players being distributed evenly across the league. And then you would go into the playoffs maybe thinking there's a chance that one of these super teams is not going to go and start the playoffs 19-0, and 0, which could make overall for a much better viewing experience. Well, wait a sec. Hold on. So, it, it, okay, so let's just use Portland and Paul Allen as the uh, hypothetical. Or, or you could do the Clippers and Steve Ballmer. Like, there are a lot of really rich guys, right, okay, that would so be out fine. there bidding. Steve Ballmer. So he, Steve Ballmer is $100 million for LeBron. Next player up, Steph Curry. I think Durant would be the next player. I think okay, the next player up would be. But you can you can argue about who these players would be. But basically, you would be able to – all these top guys, the top 30 in my theory, right, you'd have 30 exemptions from the NBA uh, salary cap structure, and you'd be able to pay those guys as much as you want. Now, as you move down the flow chart and got to whatever the whoever the 30th best player in the league is, 
probably there wouldn't be that much difference between what they would make on the open market and what they would make under the salary cap, right? They might be 30 million guys on the open market and 30 million guys under my cap-free exemption as well. But where it would really make a difference is in the top 10, 15 players who would all theoretically go to different teams, right? You would never end well, up in a situation. Would they, well, why would they go to different teams? If they're, if, why wouldn't they just you know, team up and, and Ballmer goes all in? You could have a great, the greatest dynasty in NBA history and spend like you know, $400 million on the best three or four guys. No, no, and, I'm saying they only them. get the opportunity to get one guy. Ah, so I'm saying you can oh. only go over the cap for one superstar player. So if you're going to go out and sign LeBron James for a hundred million, the rest of your team has to be under the existing salary cap. And if you're going to go sign Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or whoever these guys are, so that way you're distributing them. It's not a completely free market, right? I think a completely free market would end up with what you said, and there would be even less reason to watch the NBA than there is yeah. now. Although it probably would look a lot like it does now, right? You'd have two really good teams and then everybody else would suck, a completely free market might be better like what we have in baseball. I, I think that... Uh, That's interesting. I mean, I, I think it would diminish a little bit because I think there's a reason to watch the Warriors, right? Who, let's just say the 18th best player in the league is DeMar DeRozan. That's not going to make them interesting, is it? I don't think so. I no, mean, but it might make it more competitive. I think it would be more like the NFL then because I think then you would go into games and you would say, okay, I don't necessarily know what's going to happen in this. You wouldn't have – like my argument on why the NBA is structurally unsound and why I think it's broken right now as a system is because I say there's six sports that people really care about on a year-to-year basis. I'm going to take out the World Cup and the Olympics, stuff like that that doesn't happen every year. Every year, people care, as a general rule in sports, about the NFL, college football, the NBA, college basketball, at least the champion, like the playoff perspective, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. Now, I'm not saying everybody cares equally about all six or anything like that, but I'm saying that those are the six sports that move the needle in America today, right? In five of those six postseasons, that is the NFL, uh, college football, the NCAA tournament, the NHL, and Major League Baseball, if you make the playoffs, you feel like your team can win the championship. They might not, but there's a route to them winning the championship, and it wouldn't be extraordinarily an upset. In the NBA, that isn't the case at all. You have 16 teams making the playoffs, and let's be frank here, only two have a chance to win the championship, barring like injury, barring some insane happenstance occurrence that's outside the realm of basketball. I think that's a big issue for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, well, in a seven-game series, obviously the cream's going to rise to the top. I mean, let's say in uh, the NFL it was the best of three, you know? I mean, would that change things? I think everybody would say the Patriots would be almost a mortal lock. Um, yeah, look, I think again, if you, you know, play multiple the games, there's no way the 18-0 and Patriots lose probably multiple games to the whatever they were, the Eli Manning Giants that year, right? The David Tyree catch, that, that play doesn't true. happen. Yeah, so... so yeah, so you're so so the beauty of the potential of an upset, which happens everywhere, hurts the NBA. Okay, the counter to that is, oh wait a sec, hold on, we get months of anticipation. I can't wait for these guys to play again. When did they last play? Christmas or something like that? I mean, we haven't seen them on the court. The Cavs are only getting better. The Warriors are historically blowing people out. So I guess you could argue, hey, the anticipation for that is awesome. It's like going to a restaurant, waiting for the greatest steak dinner on the planet, and just going through appetizers, but it's taking forever, and the build-up and the excitement. 
except you got to wait months instead of maybe an hour or two. So Let's, um, I, I'm super excited for the finals. Like you already know, Clay, right? You're you're planning around the finals. A hundred percent. But here's the problem: can we go to a wine tasting, Clay, on Sunday. Nope, nope, got the final. Cannot do it. You know, I can't. I, I'm locked in. I also so am planning for it. My concern is that it might be like a four or five game sweep for the Golden State Warriors. We're going to go to trending yeah, now. I thought that too. Yeah, well, I'm Clay, concerned about you that. Look at these Cavs. I mean, LeBron. He looks like a cyborg out there, does he not? It's almost to the point where it's like, well, shocked. I started thinking last night. Well, who the hell is going to guard LeBron? Is it we'll talk about this. Green? We'll talk about this on the flip side because it is a good question. I'm talking to Jason McIntyre. Go follow him on Twitter at Jason S. McIntyre, I believe. We'll find out if that's right. Jason too. R. Jason, Jason R. R. McIntyre. I was close. Uh, we'll talk about that next. But first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back in. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier as well, with TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jason McIntyre from Speak for Yourself and The Big Lead and a weekend show here on Fox Sports Radio on with us now. Jason, you were just saying who's going to guard LeBron on the Warriors. Uh, it's yeah, a great no, question. Think, think about this for a second. It's like, okay, Draymond Green will guard LeBron. Fine. Well, then who's going to box out Tristan Thompson? Because Boston had nobody. He killed him on the, on the glass. So then you're like, okay, Zaza Pachulia. All right, for, you know, five minutes until he goes to the bench with two fouls. Well, then what do you do? You bring in Igudala, and does he guard LeBron? And then Draymond on, on, on Tristan Thompson? I don't know. I, maybe I'm overthinking it. You know, obviously Durant cards love, right? Just stands on him in the corner. But – I'm starting to get a little worried about the Warriors. I thought the Cavs would have some problems with Toronto and then with Boston, and they're beating them all by like 20 points a game. So as a Warriors fan, as a Steph Curry fan, uh, but I also like LeBron. I know you're not allowed to do that, but I do like both of them. I enjoy watching them. I'm rooting for the Warriors. I want them to start a dynasty. I want them to peel off here three or four in a row, uh, Lakers style. I think that would be great for the league. Uh, but at the same time, Clay, and I, I know you're going to hate to hear this, I want LeBron to win another title and, and eclipse Michael Jordan. You know, I, I really want that to happen. I know it's a long shot, but I, I want it to happen. We're talking to Jason McIntyre. You're in L.A. Let's pretend that you are the owner of the Lakers. You saw what happened with LeVar Ball on the herd on Wednesday. You went on the show that very day. I'm sure you've <laughs> crossed paths with LeVar Ball there on the Fox a lot, a little bit, certainly. Would you draft Lonzo Ball even despite LeVar Ball's antics, or are you now having trepidation about what that might be like for the Lakers living in a major media market like L.A. with all the attention? I think it's great for what I do. Look, I want it to happen because it's great drama for what I do, but for pretend you're a Lakers owner, pretend you're Jeannie Buss, is that a decision you want to make? You know, Clay, I don't think you can pass on it. You have to take him for a, a multitude of reasons, but I will say this. Jeannie Buss, Magic Johnson, they're going to have to sit him down. And and I know this is tough, but put the tiger in the cage. Hey, LeVar, you've you got to chill. You, 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 let's limit the media. I mean, even if you tell him, limit the media interviews, don't go off on people. Don't act a fool, okay? Look look and act the part and let your son be, let your son do him, you know? 
can Lamar do that? I personally don't think you can. I think he's such an attention – I don't even know if I could say the word, but it starts with a W. Yeah, you say attention whore. I don't think there's any doubt he's okay. an attention whore. You know, Clay, that that's his style now. He has By the way, from one attention attention whore to another, I'm not judging him on it, right? Like, I'm in the business <laughs> people like – it's not like I'm like, oh, I can't believe LeVar Ball tries to get attention for himself. Like, he's in the media business. Like, everybody's doing things to get attention for themselves, radio show host, sure. everybody else. So I don't judge him for that, well, but it's also well, different – yeah, 100%. It's different you're if you're in the media for a living versus if you're yeah. a guy whose son is famous. Like, I'm the guy who's out there exactly. stirring the drink. My kids are not the reason that I'm in the media. Yeah, I mean, if your kid starts tearing the cover off of baseball in Little League and is carrying a team to the Little League World Series, you're not going to be pumping him up and going doing radio interviews about him and going on TV. I mean, that's where LeVar's uh, making a big mistake. He's still continuing to do it. And listen, when things are rolling at UCLA and they're winning 31 games, it's all good. The second they lose to Kentucky, well, you can't win with three white guys on a team, right? So what happens when the Lakers, they're not going to be a, a playoff team overnight with Lonzo. Sorry, sorry to break that to you, Lakers fans. What happens when they're, you know, 5-15, and 15, they're 15-30, and 30, you can't win with the Angel Russell. Luke Walton needs to put the ball in my son's hand more often. Brandon, you can't build around Brandon Ingram. And then what? Then the Lakers have a real problem. And that's when I think... Uh, you know, the Lakers, that's why I think the Lakers need to nip this in the bud and just call him in and be like, dude, you, you got to chill. I don't think Lonzo can stand up to his dad and say, dad, let me be. He's only 19. Clay, think about it. When you were 19 and coming back on college break and screwing around, you still kind of had to adhere to a curfew, right? You kind of had to fall in line. You're under your dad's house, right? You're, you're under his rule. When you move out, it's all going to do your thing, right? Well, is Lonzo, he's going to move out when he gets to the NBA. Is he still going to, you know, just be his dad's, like, ripping pole where his dad just gets to go off on him and say whatever all the time? I, I don't know. You're a dad, too. Uh, I, I thought the Christine Leahy criticism that she got was unfair in this respect. The only reason why LeVar Ball is famous in any way is because of his parenting of his boys. So analyzing their relationship is literally the fairest possible game you can get into. Now, if people went after you as a parent or they go after me as a parent, like that's just my lifestyle. I understand even a little bit why LeBron bristled when LeVar talked about his kids because he's like, I haven't brought my kids into the equation. You want to go after me, that's fine. I think that this is very akin to the Kardashians. Uh, the, uh, I talked about yesterday on the show, John and Kate plus eight back in the day, the Duggars. Like, this is a reality show where the family is the foundation of the show, and therefore analyzing their relationship is completely fair game. I don't understand how Christine Leahy comes in for any criticism from LeVar Ball for that. Is that a right opinion, wrong opinion? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's an opinion, right? Uh, <laughs> you can go either way on this. I will say this. I'm starting to get a bunch of tweets from uh, you know a certain segments of Twitter, and you know these people are crazy, saying, hey, man, Christine really went after uh, LeVar Ball parenting skills. This is like this. the grandma stuff and, when people came after me and said, how can you talk about Tack's grandma? I'm like, I'm ridiculing Tack, not the grandma, right? Like Christine's yeah, perspective yeah. would be she's ridiculing LeVar, not his parenting, and the only reason he's famous is because he's a parent. But I get it. People pop up and say that as well. Yeah, I mean, but that's going to happen on social media. People are crazy. They're, you know, someone's always going to take the other side. You know, I, I think Christine handled it well. Uh, when she came on Speak for Yourself and kind of explained uh, the situation. But, you know, all, all I'll say is, they, you know, once you step in this spot, Clay, you know what happens. You go after athletes. 
I criticize athletes. Skip Bayless does. Steve A. Smith, everybody. You were in the opinion game. Coaches, athletes, when you run into them, you got to be prepared for when they're like, hey, man, I heard this, I heard the smack you were talking. You know, and, and, and it can get awkward. I've had a couple of those. I know you've had some as well. Um, I'm sure what well, you have had some, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But look, I mean, I yeah. say the same thing that I would say then. Like, I am perfectly comfortable saying whatever my opinion is face-to-face with that individual as well. If I saw Tack, exactly. if I saw Tack and we had him on a show and I was on the Fox a lot, I'd be like, dude, I thought you looked crazy when you took your picture of your grandma up on stage with you. Now, he may disagree with that, but this idea that I say things on the radio or I write things that I wouldn't say, I mean, I've had so many awkward inter- interactions with coaches. There are a lot of coaches and players that won't come on the show because they're angry about what I've said. Now, in the practical matter, I don't think coaches and players are typically very good on radio, so I don't think it matters. I think people would rather me be honest and tell you exactly what I think than kiss ass and bring people on and not actually have any kind of substantive opinions on a day-to-day basis for the show. Agree totally. Uh, but so, you, so back to your moment. So you run into Tack wherever. He's going to come in hot and a little hot style, as I'm sure you've had those before. And I've had a couple awkward ones. Where you're kind of you feeling back into a corner, but this is, this is the field you chose, right? Hey, you're going to have opinions. People are going to disagree. People might get angry, and you just got to you just got to deal with it and roll with it. And that's what this is, right? Lavar got angry, and Lavar, you know, can be a very very intimidating individual. This guy's like six six, probably three bills. You know, he's a heavy. Well, maybe not. Maybe two seventy five, but he's a large guy. Uh, and I listen. I'm I'm not looking forward to the day where he kind of backs me into a corner and he's got his little entourage with him, thinking he's hot stuff, but. That's, that's the feel we chose, right? If, if we're going to criticize these folks and they're open to criticism, they're in the public eye. We just got to take, take our, take our uh, beating when we get it, right? Good stuff as always, Jason McIntyre. We're going to have you on again sometime soon, I'm sure. Go check him out at Jason R. McIntyre on Twitter. Go watch his show uh, this evening. Speak for yourself and listen to him this weekend coming up on Fox Sports Radio, 10 to 1 uh, p.m. Eastern. Good stuff, my man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Clay. That is Jason McIntyre. I am Clay Travis, and we are trying to make your world better on Friday as we take you into the weekend. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. A couple of stories, like we said, Preds, Ducks, incredible game in the NHL. Also, the NBA uh, has announced the all-NBA team, first, second, and third team. And really the biggest news about that is that two guys who potentially have enormous free agent future decisions to make in Paul George, who still has one year left with his deal with the Indiana Pacers, but the expectation is maybe the Pacers are going to deal him because he did not make the first three teams. He actually came in, I believe, 20th overall first three teams in the NBA, of course, and consisting of 15 players. Paul George came in 20th overall. Carl Anthony Towns was 16. Chris Paul, 17. Marcus All, 18. DeMarcus Cousins, 19. Paul George, 20th. And then Gordon Hayward, also 21st. Why does that matter? They now have kind of the Supermax, and the Supermax is allowed with some variation based on your selection or non-selection for the All-NBA first, second, or third team. And as a result... Both those guys will have intriguing decisions to make going forward, especially Gordon Hayward, who has to make his first. We have some important Animal Thunderdome news, I believe, for you guys. 
as we move in to Friday morning early. Things could get wild, and here's one that got wild. Cue the music, boys. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. This is Animal Thunderdome. Jason Martin, you have found a crazy story out of the state of Georgia. Yes. A Georgia woman had a massive beehive removed from her home after learning about, get this, 120,000 bees had been living in her ceiling. Decatur, Georgia, six-foot-long hive filled with bees. She figured out there was a problem after hearing, quote, buzzing coming from the side of my house, unquote. So she calls Georgia Bee Removal. Bee Removal puts in this heat-sensitive camera, puts a hole up there. They keep moving the camera in. At first, they think it's three feet. Then they think it's four feet. Then they say five feet turns out to be six feet with over 120,000 bees and 60 pounds of honey inside this hive inside this woman's house it took six hours for the bee removal team to use a vacuum to suck the bees into large canisters which they then planned to use to relocate and the beekeeper that was helping them out here with the removal team was stung 10 to 15 times just while using the camera to try and figure out how many bees there were and how big this hive was. So, yes, 120,000 bees in one person's ceiling in Georgia in a six-foot beehive. No thank you. It seems hard. I'm not an expert on bees, but it seems hard for me to believe that you could have a six-foot beehive in your ceiling and not notice that there were a lot of bees around your house. Right? Like most people, if you have a tiny little you know, bee or wasp nest right on like your porch or outside your house, you would see the bees coming and going from there all the time. And there's what, like 15 bees that I have no idea how many people live in, like how many bees live in a normal size beehive. But you notice, like I have carpenter bees right now. I notice them everywhere. If you would think, or at least I would, that if I had 120,000 bees living in a six foot nest, that I would have seen them coming and going at some point thought, man, Seems like I have a lot of bees around. Maybe again, I think you got to put this animal thunderdome. Yes, but I think you have to put this on the homeowner because I don't know if it's one foot beehive. I don't know if it's a two foot beehive. I don't know if it's a three foot beehive. But at some point, you have to recognize that you got a bee issue before you get to six six feet of beehive. Inexcusable beehive. Big beehive. I just tweeted out a video. You can go watch that as well. There you go. Making the world a better place one single story at a time. Final hour of the week coming up next. I hate you, Clay Travis, is coming as well. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote as well as, let's see here, Duralast batteries, proven tough, designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patents and technology to deliver the most power during startup, get in the zone, auto zone. And uh, this day, we are in the zone. Last night, very fortunate to be in the zone of one of the greatest live sporting events I've ever attended. I was out for the Ducks-Preds game, went to overtime, finished late last night, early morning here. 
a lot of you probably waking up, many of you probably watched the end of that game because there wasn't a lot of events going on. Extraordinary. Extraordinary environment. Unbelievable amount of fun. Uh, that series now tied at two apiece. I started off the show talking about this. If you are bored of the NBA, and I think there are a lot of people out there right now who are bored of the NBA because the Cavs and the Warriors are 19-0. and The Cavs have won 12 straight playoff games. The Warriors have won 10 straight playoff games. Nobody is remotely close to them. You feel like you know what's going to happen in every game before it actually takes place. And that would include, by the way, game two tonight between the Celtics and the Cavs. Now, I'm rooting for the Celtics just to give us some drama to speak of, but I don't feel very confident about it at all. I think the Cavs are going to sweep. I think the Warriors may lose one game to the Spurs, but it's not going to be very close in this series either. And the result's going to be we're going to have over a week off between games. I don't think most people have realized this yet, but the finals date in the NBA is set, and it doesn't start until Thursday, June 1. I believe that's June 1. The finals could end in the Eastern and the Western Conference by Tuesday of next week. Wouldn't be shocking. Maybe at the latest, Wednesday of next week. That means you have over a week, maybe as many as nine days, probably at least a week, before the Eastern and Western Conference Finals end until we start the actual NBA Finals and finally get around to the series that everybody's been forecasting ever since this past summer on July 4th when Kevin Durant announced that he was going to sign with the Warriors. A couple of interesting NBA news out there uh, about the first, second, and third team in the NBA not going to be able to get a Supermax. The Supermax is this newly designed concept that was put in place after Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder, and basically it allows teams to go over and above the cap to sign their star players if they qualify by being first, second, or third team All-NBA. It's 15 guys. Well, unfortunately for the fans out there of the Utah Jazz, Gordon Hayward came in 21st on this list, 21st best player in the NBA, according to uh, the voters in in this decision. And Paul George came in at 20th. So if you're a Pacers fan, you've been sitting around wondering what's going to happen with Paul George, or you're a Lakers fan, and you've been hoping that the Lakers are going to be able to make a move and sign Paul George, that became quite a bit more likely when he did not get the opportunity to fit this Supermax exemption, which would have allowed him to make $75 million more playing with the Indiana Indiana Pacers than he could have anybody else. Those are a couple of great stories as well. There are some awesome quotes out this morning Andre the Giant shifting gears completely Andre the Giant would have been 71 years old today and a lot of people are sharing Andre the Giant quotes my six-year-old's obsessed with him if you're an old school wrestling fan you love him this is a spectacular Andre the Giant quote some little Monday motivation for you Andre the Giant I don't like to speak badly of people said Andre the Giant I have grown up thinking and being told that if you cannot say something nice about someone, you should not say anything at all. But I must break that rule in this case because I hate Hulk Hogan very much. He is a big, ugly goon, and I want to squash his face. (laughs) How amazing is that documentary that they are working on with HBO on Andre the Giant going to be? I can't wait to see it. When We're going to Europe this summer. I'm taking the family, everybody else. My wife's birthday, she wanted to go, so that's where we're going. When I told my six-year-old that we were going to France, he said, yes, I'm so excited. I said, why are you so excited uh, to, to my son, Lincoln? I said, Lincoln, why are you so excited? He said, Dad, 
Andre the Giant is from France. What an amazing answer that was. My six-year-old is such a fan of old-school 1980s wrestling. He's watched all the old WrestleManias. He's, he's watched all the old matches on YouTube and everything else. That when he hears his family is going to France this summer, his first reaction is to be thrilled because that's where Andre the Giant is from. I don't have a time to us. There you go. Tell me I'm not raising him right. Uh, another story that's out there, speaking of wrestling. These, these odds are up on OutkickTheCoverage.com. You can go check it out on my website. Again, if you're bored at work, a lot of times we have good, entertaining articles up on OutkickTheCoverage, and our friends at OddShark sent them out. You can bet offshore on who the president's going to be in 2020. And there are three guys with connections to the world of sports that are on this list as potential presidential candidates in 2020. Now, uh, Mike uh, Elizabeth Warren is uh, the top of the Democratic list. Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden. Names that you would kind of expect. Uh, top of the Republican list, obviously Donald Trump can run again. Mike Pence, Marco Rubio. I mean, the guys that you would kind of expect to see are at the top of this list. There were three that were in the world of sports. And if you want to see this whole list, there are a lot of fascinating names. Again, you can go to OutkickTheCoverage.com and check out the 2020 presidential odds. You can legitimately bet on these guys and girls as potential presidential candidates. There are three with sports connections. Uh, And I'm going to go to them in the order in which they appear. And the first one with a sports connection is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. A lot of people don't realize this, but The Rock is a Republican. And he's at 100 to 1 to win the presidency in 2020. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I put a little bit of money on The Rock. I think The Rock could unite the country. People's elbow, I think that's what we need. This guy being a Republican, you know he's going to have a great deal of appeal to minorities because he's got this. He's got the Tiger Woods, Cablin Asian effect going on. I'm not even sure what minority groups The Rock is involved in. I just know that it seems like he's a part of every single culture in the world. Everybody loves The Rock. I think he would get elected president. I'm not even. I'm not trying to even be outlandish here. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be, if Donald Trump can get elected president, I think The Rock can get elected president. He's a Republican with minority appeal. It's kind of like a silver bullet. I really do think that he's going to have a potential to get there. Uh, The other one, the only current athlete who is on this list, I think you could easily put Peyton Manning on this list too, but the only current athlete who is on this list is Tom Brady at 300 to 1. Tom Brady, Giselle pointing out that he has concussions. Tom Brady is on this list at 300 to 1. And anyway, I'd encourage you to go check it out. Uh, There are a lot of interesting names. Mark Zuckerberg is on here. Oprah Winfrey. You can bet on all of these guys. I said there are three guys on this list with sports connections. Jeb Bush has basically retired from politics. He's now going to own the Marlins. So he's the other guy with a sports connection as well as another owner, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is on here at 60 to 1. So there are three guys, I would say, who are directly connected to sports. One who's now tangentially becoming like George W. Bush, Jeb Bush, owning a baseball team. But three guys on this list who are potentially presidential candidates in 2020 who have substantial footprints in the world of sports. Mark Cuban, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Tom Brady. You can go check out that full list. I thought it was pretty fascinating. Uh, What do you think about that, Jason Martin? Am I crazy for saying that I believe that The Rock will be president one day? I don't think you. I don't think he will be president. But I think that he must think, think that, that I'm crazy. Not outlandish. 
Do you uh, guys think that I'm that. crazy, Danny G and Rob and uh, and Justin? That I think The Rock's going to be president one day? No, I don't. I don't think you're crazy at all, Clay. I mean, I, in fact, I don't think anybody else on that list should have odds. I think that's the most obvious one and, and, and a real possibility. At a hundred to one, you put down a hundred bucks. That's a pretty good payday. And and he said before that he's interested in running. And again, I think as a Republican, it would be amazing. Can you imagine if The Rock? ran against Donald Trump for the Republican nomination in 2020. Can you imagine what those debates would be like? The Rock against Donald Trump? I think it's going to happen. I, I I think 100% it's going to happen. If he makes that it he's going to run for president. I just, that would I be amazing television. I don't think he'll run for president, but I do think The Rock will hold office. I could see him running for Senate or something more like that. I mean, we've seen a governor in Jesse Ventura in Minnesota, somebody from the wrestling world. It's not outlandish. The guy's a great talker. He's unbelievably charismatic. He was just named the sexiest man alive. He's making more money than damn near any actor in Hollywood right now. And everybody really digs this dude. So I do think that that he's got a political future. I don't think it's going to go that high, but I definitely think he's going to be in office if he chooses to. I think all bets are off once Donald Trump gets elected president. Can you imagine what the debates would be like between The Rock and Donald Trump? They'd be I mean, you thought they were high rated before? Good Lord, that would be incredible. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive back in a little bit to the NBA. I'm Clay Travis. You can go check those odds out again if you want to know every presidential odds. It's pretty amazing how much money is being wagered now on presidential races. All of the candidates are up on Outkick the Coverage, my website. If you're bored, always have the mailbag up on Friday. It's going to be up early this uh, this morning as soon as we finish the show. So if you're at work and you're trying to pretend like you look busy, you can go check out my website, outkickthecoverage.com. I am Clay Travis. You are listening, not coincidentally to OutkickTheCoverage.com. Up next, NBA insider from the Associated Press will join us. I'm Clay Travis. This is Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Joined now by Brian Mahoney. He's the AP writer for the NBA, and Brian, I'm going to bring you in right now. Why are the NBA playoffs such crap this year? They're pretty bad, aren't they? Unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot more sleep than we usually get this time of year because there's no reason to stay up late watching the games. It's been uh, it's been too bad. I mean, uh, you know, I thought going in maybe Toronto would, would push Cleveland a little bit. Obviously, San Antonio looked like they could have before – uh, Kawhi Leonard got hurt, uh, but that was maybe only two shots. And uh, right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be much resistance at all for uh, either side. We're going to have it looks like a lot of time to kill before the finals, which is always a bummer. Potentially nine days. Uh, I don't remember ever having a length of time that long. Again, that's if we get two sweeps, and there would be nine days before the NBA Finals would start, and we could potentially roll into the NBA Finals with the Cavs and the Warriors a combined 24 and 0 against all opposition in the NBA playoffs. Now, maybe some of that's going to change. Maybe the Celtics will stand up. Maybe the Spurs will stand up and win a couple of games. It seems unlikely right now. I've been arguing, uh, and I appreciate you coming on with us, Brian. I've been arguing, Brian, that the overall trajectory of the NBA is positive. That is, uh, the, the growth of basketball as a global brand is every single day more people play basketball or are aware of it all over the world, all over the globe. That's good for the NBA on a large-scale issue. On a more like specific-scale issue, the NBA is not very exciting because there's only about two teams that can win a championship right now. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Is that a major issue for the NBA in your mind? 
Yeah, you know, I think you're right on, on both counts. Uh, I remember even back going, you know, October when I was writing our season preview, and I was basically going to write, here we go, we're going to have Cavs Warriors 3. And uh, my boss said, no, I want you to write about everything that's going on around that in the league. Uh, you know, ratings are up and, uh, you know, attendance is up, and we have a lot of superstars. And, you know, there's so many even small market teams have at least one great player who you want to see. But the bottom line is once you get through all that, then – when it comes time to winning titles, we only have a couple teams. So uh, it's great that, uh, that there's so much positive going on, but you would also like to have positive competition. And right now that's the one thing that's kind of missing. Brian, we're talking to Brian Mahoney. He covers the NBA for the AP. Do you think that Paul George is going to end up in L.A.? What's going to happen with his situation now that he hasn't been tagged as one of the three uh, first-team all-NBA guys he doesn't get that supermax $75 million that the Pacers could offer him. So what's going to happen now? What's his future? It sure looks like, if you had to guess, you would, you would assume he'd be moving on. You know, it's a couple, like you say, I think that was the one thing that maybe could have swung things if, if they could offer him that much more money, uh, which maybe still could happen next year, of course. But, uh, you know, locking in early this year, that would have been something maybe uh, you could say changed things. But if not, not only does it look like he maybe wants to move on there, uh, but the Lakers could offer a, a pretty interesting package at some point if they want to get him. When you have all these young players who have been number two picks, uh, another number two pick coming this year, year uh for a team like indiana you know if you're going to trade a paul george you want to do it for someone who is going to be uh committed to you for a couple of years so rookie contract kind of guys so i certainly think uh right now it, it's leaning towards you would say they're going to find a way to, to make that move what do you think happens with gordon hayward uh, should jazz fans be nervous that he's going to leave been lots of rumors about the celtics being intrigued by him maybe the lakers themselves where does he go do you think he stays in utah how would you assess the situation I mean, I think he shows me nervous when you have a guy who goes in free agency uh, on the rise, like Gordon Hayward is, coming off his best year, and there's certainly interest. Uh, but Utah's a lot to offer. Um, you know, this team on uh, on the way up, uh, when you look at what they did this year, uh, you know, Gobert looks like a, you know, a powerhouse inside. Uh, it's a good organization, and uh, they're going to be able to offer him the most money. And, you know, again, then that may not be enough to keep him. There's always a chance you look for something else. But uh, you always want to know that you have the positive offer and Utah has a lot of that we're talking to Brian Mahoney he's the NBA writer for the Associated Press Brian you probably I'm sure have been following the LeVar Ball fallout ever since he went on the herd kind of got into it with Christine Leahy he was there ostensibly to celebrate the Lakers locking up the number two overall pick in the lottery which to his mind anyway guaranteed that his son Lonzo would be going to the Lakers does it happen should Jenny Buss and everybody else associated with the Lakers be taking pause of that decision based on the way LeVar is acting, would you? Uh, it's a tough spot, really. I mean, you have to take the kid if you think he's that good, and a lot of people do. But, uh, you know, the more you know, the more this guy talks, or anyone, the more you talk, the more you're going to say something that's probably not the right thing to say. And, and uh, this is someone who keeps getting more and more media time. And, uh, you know, certainly the other day was, was not a good performance. And uh, I think if you're the Lakers or anyone else is going to draft Lonzo, you're going to say, okay, hopefully when we get to the NBA, uh, we'll get him over here. Uh, LeVar will stay there with his other sons and maybe, you know, be out of the spotlight here. But, uh, you know, right now I think he's just overall lucky that, you know, Lonzo has so much talent that you're not going to be able to turn away from him because if it was a, a toss-up and you weren't sure, I think there is reason to kind of have concern right now based on uh, the old kind of dominating presence LeVar is. 
Every year we hear the NBA draft lottery is rigged. This year, the Celtics get the number one pick. The Lakers get the number two pick. People throw up their hands and say, of course. What would you say to those people? Well, you know, I understand, I understand why they say it, but, you know, I certainly – the NBA has, has gone more and more the last couple of years to make sure everyone sees how the lottery is conducted, how difficult it really would be to rig it. I mean, uh, it's uh, – certainly we could see why – okay, Boston and the, and the Lakers, that's great. That's what we the, the league should want. But then again, why didn't the league then want the Knicks? Why didn't the league want – you know, there, there's so many reasons you could pick any team. And uh, the bottom line is – to pull off what they have to pull off to do it, it's just impossible to imagine. Uh, we, we've seen the way the lottery is conducted. We've seen, uh, you know, this year the, the Celtics would have come first the first three times. So certainly they weren't looking for a way to make the Lakers get that high. It just so it turns out that's what happened. Cavs Warriors. We're talking to Brian Mahoney. He covers the NBA for the AP. Cavs Warriors is going to happen, and it's going to be the third straight year that it happened. What tra- What transpires in that series? Well, I mean, I, I think, like a lot of people do, I think Golden State is the best team. I think if they play their best, no one could beat them four times. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, right now, why would you pick against LeBron the way he's playing? It's, uh, you know, can one great player beat one great team? And, uh, you know, LeBron's not alone. We see the way Kevin Love kind of finally had a great game the other night in game one. Uh, I think Kyrie Irving for years has been underrated. Uh, his game people don't love all the time, but uh, he's a, a you know, dominant scorer when he gets going. So, you know, I think this will be the series that finally – uh, wakes up these playoffs. Unfortunately, it's the last series we're going to have. But, uh, you know, I lean Golden State. I think it's going to be a great effort to beat LeBron and that team. I think Golden State will do it. I think their team is just uh, ultimately you know, too good to not find a way this year. LeBron is 32 years old now. He's going to turn 33, obviously, next year. How many more years can he play at this level? In other words, it seems like there's kind of a waiting game going on in the Eastern Conference for there to be a chink that shows up in LeBron James's armor. So far, that hasn't happened, and certainly it hasn't happened in this postseason. But when does that mileage start to weigh on LeBron? He came straight to the league at 18. He's played an awful lot of games. You add up all of his playoff appearances, all the different playoff games. This is a guy who's got a lot of wear and tear on his body, yet he seems like he hasn't in any way been declining. He's 32. How many more years can he be the best player in the NBA? Yeah, and I think well, that's the concern, going back to what we talked about earlier, with the competitive balance. I think there's a lot of teams used to are saying, okay, it's our time when LeBron is finally done, and uh, so we're not going to try and make a big move now just only to lose to him. But he's not showing he's going to slow down. I think what the teams might have thought would be two years of a waiting game is now maybe four or five years. Uh, at this point, you know, uh, even if LeBron fills off a little bit, he's got at least five, six more years, it looks like. Uh, you know, his, uh, bring him down to a, you know, a B instead of an A-plus player, and he's still going to be better than 85% of the week. So, uh, you know, right now, uh, I think, they, you know, as much as I think LeBron is one of the greatest players ever, I've been surprised there's been no slippage at all that you can point to. Uh, you know, people say he's getting better. It's really hard to argue the way he's played these last uh, three, four weeks. Brian, appreciate the time. Have a good Friday. Enjoy, hopefully, a decent game between the Celtics and the Cavs. Let's hope. Thanks for having me. That's Brian Mahoney. He covers the NBA for the AP. All right. It's the final half hour of the show on Friday. You know what that means. It's time for I Hate You, Clay Travis, on the flip side after I get you this trending update. I want you guys to bring it this week because Jason Martin has so little faith in you 
that he's been tracking tweets of people who hate me. So call in right now, 877-996-6369. Prove to Jason Martin that all of you don't suck and that you can bring the heat when it comes to telling me how much I stink. My name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Coverage. Let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier, as well as with TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Okay, this is going to give you an opportunity. This is going to give you an opportunity to prove that Jason Martin is wrong. 877-996-6369. I don't want you calling in telling me how much you love me because I know that I'm America's sweetheart now. This is your opportunity. I hear all the time. People say, oh, you don't give an opportunity for people to tell me why you hate you. You cut off people who disagree with you. This is your opportunity. Every Friday, this is your time. 877-996-6369. It's time for I Hate You, Clay Travis. And I believe Jason Martin has so little faith in you guys that he's actually been mining my tweets and trying to find angry tweets to use. And so let's cue the music, boys. We're going to go to that first, but this is your opportunity. Give us a call. 877-996-6369. Prove to Jason Martin that you don't all suck at telling me how much you hate me because he's having to do all your work right now. Cue the music, boys. Lord of God, Clay, if I ever see you on the street. America, it's time for your favorite segment. I hate you, Clay Travis! Oh, you haven't heard of it? It's really simple. Basically, you get to on Clay. Like this. I hate you, Clay Travis. This is the stupidest thing that probably you said in about six months. I hate you, Clay Travis, with your elfin-sized five shoes. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. <laughs> now, here's Clay. You, Travis. I mean... I hate you, Clay Travis. You want to hate me, then hate me. What can I do? Are you going to fire away, Jason Martin? He may be fielding calls. What do we got, Danny G and Justin? You guys got hate? Actually, uh, Jason tells us he's got some good ones, so he's standing by here. here we go. All right, good. All right, so the callers are making plays then. I always no, like no, to hear he this. He have a good call. He's got a good tweet to read. Okay, well, I thought they were all queued up, so I, that's why I was waiting for you guys to fire them away. So let's go. I'm hating you guys right now for not being on the ball here. How the f*** does Clay Travis have a show? Put him and all the other racists in Kentucky and close the borders. Man, shot at the state of Kentucky. Why do we have to put all the racists in Kentucky? I don't want to live in Kentucky. Even people who live in Kentucky don't want to live in Kentucky. Send the racists to an island. At least make the weather nice. All right, let's cue the next one. Eat a d- clay. I'm not going to do that. A lot of other things I'd rather eat. Penis is low on the list. Really low on the list, actually. Next up. Clay Travis has to be a trash human because his numbers tell him that his fans respond well to that, so I get it. Having said that, f- him. See, a lot of people come after my audience now. It used to be, you know, when I started doing this job, People would say, oh, nobody reads you, nobody listens to you, nobody pays attention to what you do. My critics have evolved now. Now they're like, damn, Clay Travis is pretty popular. Now what we have to do is not just attack Clay Travis. We have to attack all the people who like him, too, because they're the problem. I love all of you, even the ones of you who hate me. What's up next?
If Clay Travis died right now, nobody is blinking twice. At least nobody worth mention. <laughs> that cracker, LOL. Oh, uh, yes. Cracker. I guess I'm a cracker. I need to get a shirt that just says cracker on it. Probably sell a lot of those on OutKick. What's up next? Question. When Clay Travis f***s his cousin, does he wear his MAGA hat backwards or forwards? <laughs> Sideways. When I have sex with my cousin, she likes it when I wear my Make America Great hat sideways. I don't, I'm not I'm not too classy. I'm not going to wear it forwards. Not too unclassy. I'm not going to wear it backwards. She likes it on the side. So I wear the hat sideways when I have sex with my cousin. Me and Trump both. Then we high-five each other. It's a spit roast. What's up next? We got any more hate on Twitter? This dude, Clay Travis, tweets dumb all day long. Might have trouble at home. F*** him up for me when you see him, will you? Number of people who say, like, if I ever see you, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat the crap out of you, Clay Travis. Do you know in my entire life how many times people have said mean words to me in person? Zero. Last night, I'm at the Preds-Ducks game. All people want to talk about is how much they love the show, how much they love what we do at OutKick. And I'm not kidding about this. In my entire life, not one person has ever walked up and said a negative word to me. You know why? Because social media is filled with pussy willows. Most of the people who say they hate me and would fight me if they saw me in person, you know what they're going to do if they see me in person? They're going to ask for a photo. Yep, I'm talking about you, bitch. What's up next? I'd rather listen to my parents than listen to Clay Travis. (laughs) That seems like a bad choice. I don't know about you. Maybe a little bit perverted. I don't know that I want to hear my parents have sex. Certainly, I think this show is better than hearing your parents have sex. This is what Jason Martin has to do because so many of you now call in and just talk about how much you love me. He has to troll through Twitter, finding anonymous hate, and then put it together. All of it. Is that all of Jason Martin's? Okay, we got calls. Who do we go to first, Jason? Who do you think makes the most sense? Uh, We'll see. Jake in the Bay Area. All right, Jake in the Bay Area. What you got for me? I hate you, Clay Travis. I can't stand the way you say penguin instead of the Pittsburgh penguin. Do I pronounce not a penguin? Do I pronounce penguin wrong? Is that really annoying? I've never, no one's ever pointed that out before. The Pittsburgh Penguins, is that wrong? I don't know. Yes, that is wrong. Well, I like it better that way. What should I be saying? Penguins. No, I'm not going to do that. That sounds worse. Sounds very European. Drew in Louisiana. What's up, Drew? Yeah, Clay, I hate you for actually two reasons. I'm going to double-barrel you. Uh, number one, you always ask the guys, am I wrong for thinking this? Does anybody disagree with me? And uh, maybe it's because you know why you're... I do that, Blaine? Because I'm always right. And I'm trying to seek out disagreement, <laughs> but people just say, you know what? You're like King Solomon. You well, only make good decisions. And and maybe some, you know, maybe maybe you hire them, you have the right to potentially fire some of them, so they all agree with you. One time last week, Jason did disagree with you, and I believe he was right on the how many wins could you get coaching He's the totally State wrong Warriors. on that. He's totally wrong False. on that. But. This guy's tripping because here in L.A., we disagree with you 70% of the time. And I've disagreed with you a lot 80%. lately. So just- that's point number one. Point number two was... I understand the, 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 the Tim Tebow updates, and look, I'm in Louisiana, I'm in the South. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in the Bible Belt and in the South. I'm okay with the updates, but to me, we're kind of getting a little bit sacrilegious on the spin, the Son of God, heavenly Tebow, host hey, of angels Drew, singing. Tim Tebow is the Son of God, and I think it's sacrilegious of you to bring up the fact that Tim Tebow isn't the Son of God. It's just true. Look, in his life, God has fathered two children. 
Jesus and Tim Tebow. You can disagree with me, but you'll be wrong. Blaine in Idaho. What's up, Blaine? Hey, Clay, I hate you because you never say anything about motorsports. And you work for Fox Sports, and FS1 covers all of NASCAR and Supercross. We got the four-time champion, Ryan Dungey, who just suddenly retired, and there's not a word about it. Nothing. I don't know anything that he just said. <laughs> no like, words that, that entire, he just spoke. That entire complaint might as well have, <laughs> he might as well have just called in and read ancient Latin scripture. He just spoke in you know, Swahili I, for 30 yeah, seconds. He could, he, I know we're big internationally right now. He could have called in and spoken Portuguese, and it would have made more sense to me. I know nothing about motorsports. Nothing. Now, I can fake it, but I think you would be able to tell if I faked it. I try to be honest. Do we have any more hate out there? There's a few I can screen, but nothing right, more we'll, ready we'll right now. We'll bring them back in the second part here. We'll t- go to break here. You get opportunity to tee off on me a little bit longer, 877-996-6369. We'll take a few more of these calls to finish off the week and also give you our Tebow watch again. God has come down to earth twice that we know of. Once, to make the Virgin Mary pregnant and give us Jesus. Secondly, to give us Tim Tebow, win the Heisman Trophy at Florida, a couple national championships, and now be playing single-A baseball in Columbia, South Carolina. You can disagree with that opinion, but you can be wrong. That ain't sacrilegious. That's the truth. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage. Up next, more hate, 877-996-6369. If y'all can bring it, I can take it on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment of the show. We've almost made it 15 hours. You've got Friday to get through, and then Montel Jordan can take you through the weekend. Just make sure you don't get hit by a train anywhere. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. we got to get to Tebow Watch. I'm not sure what in the world happened in the world of Tebow, but first opportunities for you to hate me more again as we do every single friday this is your time to fire back at me and we've got david in salem what's up david hey coach travis you've got such a big ego if your junk was as big as your ego you could actually sire mayor sell children on your own without a sperm donor hey clay travis quit stroking your head and you wouldn't have so many wrinkles there's not going to be enough botox in the world to take out those wrinkles and you'll lose all the hair on your head Go ahead and throw that script away I, there, bud. <laughs> My hair is good. It's the one thing I'm confident in this life. West Coast Mike, what's up? Hey, man, uh, check this out. You, you're, you're a pee willow against the balls. And I got a problem with you because I, I wanted to call in and talk about that, but I wake up too late. But uh, the reason LeVar Ball went into that play, he said, I'm not talking to this lady. I know She can't take my heat. And that's why he says stay in your lane, so I'm defending LeVar Ball. And uh, I just want to let you know, because if he did all this, I want a big bo- I want a big baller hoodie. Like, I'm going to get that because he did that. Like, you went, I can relate to that, so I don't know. I, I think you're wrong, and you fell for the hot girl privilege. That girl's really hot. And, uh, yeah, I hate you for that because you, uh, you're, you're acting like a pee, bro. You're acting like a pee willow against the balls. I don't like that. Don't be a pee, bro. Be bad. Homie, come on. Even in California, be bad. And you and you created it, bro. Appreciate the okay. call. I will admit, I will admit that I am guilty of bias in one way. I definitely give the benefit of the doubt to hot girls. I do. Doesn't matter what race they are. Hot girl tells me a story. I'm more likely to believe it. Hot girl privilege is real. That's the only privilege that I believe really, really exists today in America. Rich privilege exists, of course. But I mean, the only privilege based on how you look at America today. 
Every dude out there, doesn't matter whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, every one of you gives the benefit of a doubt to a hot girl. Every day. Multiple times. Hot girls don't even realize how much hot girl privilege they have. Uh, last call for hate, Ulysses in Georgia. What's up, Ulysses? Good, Travis. For a couple of reasons. One, you try to tell minorities that they should chill out because more cops protect them than the more cops that kill them. That's I hate true. you also. It, well, it's just like telling a woman that more men don't beat their wives than do, so chill out. I also hate you, Tracy. Clay Travis, because you're on ESPN, like they're the biggest Colin Kaepernick lovers, and the biggest nut huggers of Colin Kaepernick is on your station with Skip and with Shannon Sharp, and I never heard you say anything about them. Well, they won't. They, they won't let me go. Thanks for the call, you. They won't let me go on the show because they know I would destroy Skip and Shannon. You don't bring a tiger in to argue with a chicken. I'm a tiger. Skip and Shannon, they're the chickens. They wouldn't stand a chance against me. That's why they don't put me on that show. It wouldn't be undisputed. It'd be undisputed heavyweight champ Clay Travis, and I'd kick him right off the show if they let me argue with him. Can't let that happen. Be a murder. Be like a chicken against a tiger. All right, time for Tebow Watch. Tim Tebow, Clay, since the reports came up about the St. Lucie Mets and a possible promotion from the Columbia Fireflies to high single A down in Florida. Tim Tebow, son of God, has fallen from the clouds. He's now wondering what's happened. He's standing outside the pearly gates, wondering how to get back in. In his last five games, Tim Tebow has exactly two hits. In his last four games, he has exactly zero hits. And in those four games... He's 0 for 13, and he's got six strikeouts. His average on May the 10th was 250. That's when all the talk started. Now, as we stand here on May the 19th, he is batting 221. Went 0 for 3 last night again after going 0 for 4 two days ago. 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Those are his last four stat lines. Against West Virginia back at home where he plays much better than he does on the road. 0 for 3. Yet another strikeout. He did walk so he actually did reach base in this game once. But his average is down to 221. He has far more strikeouts than he does hits. Overall 25 for 113 in 32 games with 35 strikeouts this season for Tim Tebow so it has not been a particularly he had that good stretch we were having those Tebow watches where everything was positive and I was smiling as we were talking about it because the let's glow philosophy that Columbia exists underneath was working well but now 221 average he's got three more against West Virginia this weekend we'll catch up with him again on Monday he needs a good weekend because he's struggling his average has dropped 29 points in nine days and it's all come as soon as this potential promotion news came out. The only thing he's done this week, Clay, is hit a fan in the nuts by overthrowing with a baseball. And that guy tweeted you, and he tweeted a photo of the baseball where Tim Tebow signed it. Tim Tebow hit this dude in the junk, then signed the baseball, and it's a lifetime souvenir. If that's not guy, the son that of guy God, I don't know me. what is. That yes, guy, that guy tweet- tweeted you with a photo of the ball. Oh, we got to find that. See, I can't keep up with my mentions now. I love that the guy gets hit in the balls by Tim Tebow, gets an autographed photo, and the first thing he thinks is, I got to make sure Clay Travis sees this.
God bless that guy. How did we not get him on the show? Well, we're working and on And how that are play. you better at reading my mentions than I am? How do you see everything? And I miss it. I think that's why you hired me, Clay. I need a professional assistant to just make sure I don't miss anything in my mentions now. Too much love, too much hate. I can't keep up with it all. This. So the guy who got hit in the balls by the Tim Tebow errant throw reached out to me? He did. Twice, actually. He sent that photo twice. Somebody emailed me is where I actually saw the story originally. Then I looked into it a little bit more and then found the photo with the baseball attached to you. And then he sent you a second tweet with the photo again saying, hey, here's a story on it. And it was in the New York Post. And that's what I kind of quick read yesterday because we had a short final segment. And I am trying to get that guy on. Hopefully we'll have him Monday for the greatest Tebow watch <laughs> segment of all time. <laughs> We're going to win. Can we get a Pulitzer? What do we get? Marconi's? Yes. I don't know of anybody out there that is covering Tim Tebow better. And if we get the guy who Tim Tebow hitting the balls with an errant throw, I think they just have to they have to just give us the more They don't even need to announce any other nominees. They're just going to be like, well, I mean, in Sports Talk Radio, maybe not even just Sports Talk Radio. We may be kicking Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern and everybody else to the curb. They're going to be like, well, we were going to have an award ceremony, but clearly Tebow Watch has so swept the nation that when a guy gets hit in the balls by an errant Tim Tebow throw, his first thought is, I got to tell Clay Travis about this. God bless you all. <laughs> that's who you tiny, become, Clay. That, that's what I become. Grown men get hit in the balls with an errant throw by Tim Tebow, and their first thought is, Clay Travis, I got to go show him this. Well, I got to find it, and I didn't even see it. I got to start blocking more people. Some of you guys get on Twitter, and you tweet me like 15 times in a row, and I can't keep up anymore. Hashtag famous people problems. All right, you guys have a spectacular weekend. Cavs big tonight. Ain't going to happen for the Celtics. Cavs win big again in game two. You want to make some money, that's my blood bank guarantee for the night. Get rich, kids. I'm headed to Florida. I'll be down in Florida all next week. Hopefully I'll survive and not get killed by fire ants like last time I was in Florida. This has been Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 